If you enjoyed podcasts like this, you should check out our other shows on Health Podcast Network. For example, Women Physicians Lead, hosted by Dr. Lisa Herbert, helps women physicians move from surviving to thriving in their personal and professional lives. Dr. Lisa shares leadership tips, burnout support, stress management strategies, and inspiration from women physicians who've made remarkable transitions into leadership roles. There's a fantastic episode that you should check out called Taking Care of Yourself During the Journey about how women physicians can care for themselves while on their leadership journeys. Check out Women Physicians Lead on your favorite podcast platform or visit healthpodcastnetwork.com. Welcome to Highway to Health. I'm Jeremy Quinby. Can you believe it's past Labor Day already? Can you believe this? Happened so fast. I feel like I go through this every year, the one minute I'm complaining about the heat and humidity, and then I wake up and it's 53 degrees in the morning. I don't think I had a down moment this summer, though, but I can't complain too much about having a full plate, can I? It's been uh, it's been pretty amazing, some of the people I've been meeting, some of the projects I'm getting pulled into. And like the weather, I, I guess this this moment in my life will probably pass and I'll just look back at it as, as some crazy busy time that I had. But, you know, I don't think it's an anomaly either. I feel like this is this is a theme for me of, of some sort. I just go through cycles where I take on too much and then I start to freak out and then I pare it back down because I can't handle that much. And I, then the next time I try it again and maybe I can handle a little bit more or maybe I get smarter. I'm not sure. But uh, I don't think it's a terribly unhealthy pattern. I think it's just a way of exploring and and uh you know the overwhelm sometimes i think is one of my ways in which i try to figure out what i really want to do and what i want to let go of so um but you know even that even with all this uh, i'm feeling a little bit desperate for some r and r but i'm going to i'm going to push through this and count my blessings so remember if uh if you want to empower the programming you get here go to our patreon page it's patreon.com forward slash highway to health donate what you can every little bit helps and uh, helps me keep finding these in- insightful guests and uh, bringing it to you. If you have any suggestions for someone you think would be good to have on the program, uh, someone you'd like to hear me have a conversation with here on the podcast, hit me up at my email. It's jeremy at highwaytohealthpodcast.com. And uh, I have to share with you an email I woke up to this morning in my inbox from Molly in Virginia, Minnesota. Not too far away from Hibbing, if I'm not mistaken, if I got my geography right. Bobby Zimmerman, uh, a.k.a. Bob Dylan, to his fans, where he grew up. Molly writes, my younger brother told me to listen to your episode with Meta Dyerberg. I, I got so much out of the episode that I had to share it with you. I've been hypothyroid most of my adult life. I'm 40 years old last week. I had never heard of the term intermittent fasting before uh, listening to this episode, so I started researching it, and I have been since then. I've been having my last meal at 5 p.m. Uh, as as it's been suggested, and I don't eat again until 7 a.m. I should also mention that I have had a number of skin conditions. Somehow, though, I have lost 20 pounds since March, and I've had no skin issues since the change. I've uh, started exercising as well, but mostly because I feel more energy and started with 
started walking a mile every night. That is just something that felt right to me. I've also decided to try a different endocrinologist for my thyroid, and she's very excited about what has happened with me from the small changes I've made. Thanks for having Meta on, and thank her for me. I will do that. Thank you for sharing this, Molly, and I'll be sure to uh, let her know if, if she hasn't heard this first here on the podcast already. I know she's a listener. Uh, the, the reason I wanted to share this email with all of you is because there's a few important things here, I think. One is that you you know if if you believe something for a very long time uh which might not have been completely accurate it's there there are it's it's hard to even imagine that that anything could change especially with like a thyroid challenge but you know and there and there may be more to it than than just a thyroid you know challenge in Molly's case but what i'm really impressed by here is that she's engaged her intuition that you know too often you know we're we're told what to do and without really being engaged in a conversation with our healthcare providers. And that a lot of times if, if, you know, we're, we, you know, we're, we're asked more questions or if we're, we're brought into things a little bit more, we can actually help ourselves in a lot of ways because using that intuition, we can actually figure things out on our own. And sometimes it's a matter of experimenting. It seems kind of like what's gone on here. So, you know, um, and, and if you've listened to the episode with Meta, and her thyroid story, you know, her instinct was was really what sort of got her through and led her to the right people and, and just trusting that when when she was getting different information from different doctors. So um, but you know, and also, you know, sometimes the second opinion is also very important. So um, t- today, uh, my guest is John Samuels. Uh, but before I get to that, I have to tell you uh, that my guest next week is Dr. Rosie Ward, Ph.D., She's a co-founder of Salvio Partners and is spearheading an incredible conference here in Minneapolis, November 7th through the 9th. If you'd like to, uh, if you like the content that you hear here on, on Highway to Health, I think you might want to check this out. Uh, it's the Fusion 2.0 Conference. It's a unique multidisciplinary conference focused on promoting humanity in the workplace so that people can thrive in work and in their personal life. And it's about finding your people, building a community, and taking action. There are going to be over 50 guest speakers lined up for this three-day uh, conference. And beyond that, uh, beyond just being inspired, they've designed a constructive breakout sessions, uh, conference journals, and labs. So you'll have actionable takeaways that you can leave the conference with and a, and a plan to immediately start implementing this meaningful change into your life. You can register at fusion, the number 2 conference.com. That's fusion2conference.com. Also, be sure to catch my uh, conversation with Dr. Rosie Ward next week. She is the real deal, my friends. Quite entertaining and a serious force for good. Subscribe to the podcast on your feed right now so you don't miss it. So uh, John Samuels, my guest for today, is someone that I was introduced to a few years back when I was exploring ways to organize my health network for referrals in New York. And he impressed me right away as someone who is serious about taking care of people and as he explains it, it has been a lifelong passion of his. He managed huge facilities from nursing homes to HIV-AIDS clinics and emergency care. Uh, with Better Health Advisors, his new company, he's bringing a more personalized effort to care. They coordinate everything from intake to doctor's visits and follow-ups to insurance and, uh, and billing challenges even. I know very little about how this their care advisory worked, so I wanted, wanted to talk to him. And I was curious about the model 
as I'm constantly looking for ways to help people that I treat and their families when there's a health crisis. And I'm always looking for people who I think are on the forefront of health improvement solutions. And I think John is, is on to something. Here is my conversation with John Samuels. How long ago was it that, that you and I met? Was it has it been three years? Yeah, that's right. It's been it's been about three years. Wow. And and was that right when you started started this? Had you had you just stopped working at the hospital at that point? So um I had stopped working at the hospital um and we were just forming uh the company Better Health Advisors, but uh the kind of work that we do we had been doing for for the last twenty years. Okay. And with with the 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 doctor that you're working with, so he and I did this work together for several years, but separately in in our careers um, before we incorporated. Um, so okay. we were doing this kind of work, helping people navigate the healthcare system for a very very long time. Huh. So so how did you how did you start? What what was your what was your entry into me- the medical field or health? So I, I grew up in in Pittsburgh. And ah. my, my grandfather uh, had a stroke at 50, and we, we lived close to him. And I grew up in a family where my father was taking care of my grandfather uh, every day. Oh, wow. So my father was organizing his treatment and helping manage the nurses and cr- managing his home care and fixing getting supplies and getting him to a nursing home and figuring out his doctors. And I grew up seeing... Um, people struggle with the healthcare system and yeah. the challenges of that. What, what did he have? Uh, he had diabetes. And diabetes. Um, yeah. So, so for the next twenty five years, I grew up with my dad um, helping, uh, helping my grandfather manage his healthcare, and that yeah. really gave me the the drive and the passion uh, for uh, a career in healthcare. Yeah. So, so what did you? Where did you start? Where did you go to? College or what did you do for school? Right, so I um, I was in initially interested in uh, public health. So I yeah. did a master's degree okay. at UMass and Amherst in, in public health, and then I um, start. I did a little bit of work in DC in health policy, and then I quickly went to um, administration. Okay, and I, for several years I worked in, in nursing home and long term care administration in, in DC in, uh, in New York in New York, okay. and then I transferred over to to hospital leadership. Okay. And, and so what, what was your, how did, what was your sort of entry into the kind of work that you're doing now? Was it, was it managing ERs? So, so uh, the, the sort of the three main jobs I had on the provider side was in um, managing nursing homes uh, and then running uh, HIV AIDS, substance abuse programs, oh, wow. and then emergency medicine. Okay. And each of those areas were um, precursors to the work that I'm doing around uh, giving me experience and relationships um, and, and an approach to a healthcare advisory. Explain, explain healthcare advisory a little bit because I think most people don't have much of a mm-hmm. idea of what it is. So when we talk about healthcare advisory, um, if, if somebody were to have a wealth event and sell a company and have a lot of money, uh, I'd hope they wouldn't Google how do I manage my family fortune? Right. They yeah. often hire a wealth advisor. Okay. And when someone buys a house, 
they often use experts like attorneys to help yeah. with the paperwork and logistics and so forth. Yeah. So when people get sick, it's it's our hope that they use health advisors to help them manage their health care. Yeah. Help uh, a trusted expert who is um, who understands how things work and has insights of the system to help them navigate care. Yeah. Right. And, so. And how how long has has this been going on as far as as far as this this kind of health advisory. I mean, I, I think um, a lot of people don't don't even hear about this or don't have much knowledge that this even exists. Yeah, there, there's a lot of work happening in the West Coast. Okay, um, I, I'm part on the board of a, a group, a national uh, healthcare advocate group, um, and where there's other health advocates and health advisors. So the work is happening, but in some ways, it's it's just starting, hmm. and it's um, some of the work that we've been doing is to um, articulate to consumers and to businesses as well the value of health advisory and and how that can help improve health outcomes uh, people often don't wake up in the morning and think gee i'm going to have a a um a car accident today you right. know i need to get get a health advisor on the other or, hand or a vascular event which is like <laughs> super common and, and people don't have you know any plan if something like that happens right or if somebody has multiple chronic health conditions right they they often don't realize oh there's somebody who can help me manage all the different doctors all the different opinions all the communications and make sure that they're getting great care right and then this is where you and i started talking was like trying to trying to you know because because this is one of the, the challenges I've found in, in in my field is that because I tend to work with just being in the field that I'm in, I tend to work with people who are you know labeled idiopathic or you know they have usually multiple conditions going on, but the the root cause is sort of you know hard to hard to pin down, and you know they're having some success for some period of time with one doctor, and then they go to another place, and the problem starts to become that. You get a lot of he said, she said going on. So I get, you know, and sometimes it's somebody that I've, you know, referred them to or I know the person that they're working with and they'll say things like, oh, so-and-so said this. And they're really frustrated with the, what the person said. And I'll be like, yeah, I don't know if they would actually say that. <laughs> but if you don't have some sort of connected chain or someone in, in, you know, in the process to be like, let me follow up with this and see what's going on. And I, you know, in my field, I try to do as much as I can communication wise, but there's, you know, for most of us, there's, there's only so much of that that we can actually do. Yeah. And, and I think, um, especially today with the internet yeah. and so much information out there, it's, you know, we like to say the internet is, is not a good second opinion. Right. Right. That, that, um, we have to be careful who we're getting information from and how we're synthesizing that. Yeah. And and so how do you, so take me through like just first of all let's, let me go back so 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 you you got into working with with nursing homes and and was there was the was it uh, was was that was the beginning of your idea for kind of doing more advisory work or how did how did you fall into that so so um, so some of the first work that I did was. Uh, was in long-term care and in nursing homes and uh, developing state-of-the-art Alzheimer's dementia programs. Hmm. Um, and, you know, with, with the way our country's aging, um, there's, there's lots of needs in that space. Yeah. Um, you know, and then for me, um, as a hospital administrator, I wanted more challenges. I wanted new things. So I transitioned from 
nursing home leadership to running uh, HIV AIDS and substance abuse programs and then eventually to emergency medicine. And my last job before I started my company was I, I oversaw uh, 16 emergency departments across the New York metropolitan area, overseeing the their operations and quality and staffing and so forth. So it gave me a very um, broad and, and insightful perspective on the delivery of healthcare, uh, not just emergency medicine, but how the healthcare system works. And what's the, what's the, what's the most challenging thing you deal with when it comes to all, all those things like dealing with HIV, nursing home care and that kind of thing? I, you know, I think the, the, the siloed, um, portion of healthcare. Yeah. I think that, you know, healthcare delivery is, is separate from insurance. Yeah. Um, you know, which is separate often from care and treatment, uh, with who doctors are and, and, and how, and, and the lack of, of coordination, um, in that. So I believe that there are great, great, great doctors and great hospitals, but sometimes getting to the right ones um, and, and the system prevents that. So I think the, the sort of the, the complexity and the sideload nature of the healthcare system often uh, prevents people from, from getting great care. So how, how do you break that down when someone comes to you and let's say they have like, you know, some challenges you have, I'm guessing, you know, now where you're at, or even when you were probably managing the, the person has sort of a, a number of different things going on with, with between like who their insurance is, the kind of care they need, you know, who the best, you know, specialist or doctor is for them to see. And then how do you, how do you sort of navigate that for them? Yeah. So what, what we do is everybody who comes uh, to Better Health Advisors, uh, we do a um, initial assessment plan. And just like every, people have a, a wealth advisory plan, they have a health advisory plan. And in order to develop that plan, we do a thorough assessment of um, what their insurance is, okay. of who their providers and treatment team are, are comprised of, and what's happening medically. And we take that information and with our experience, our insights, our resources, we give them a plan that helps them manage their health care. And we do that for anybody uh, if they're, if they, who is with us, either sick yeah. or, or not sick, but just want us there for assurance. So, yeah. so the plans that we give them are, are custom to their situation. So um, a client of ours is worried about uh, emergencies and urgent care and what to do about that. So in his plan was a breakdown of the urgent care centers near where he lives and the sort of how they're staffed and what, what their specialties are. And, and you, you, didn't you manage like some huge emergency care yeah. facilities? How, wasn't, how, wasn't it well, like? So, so the, the network I was involved in, uh, Northwell Health started yeah, that's right, that's right. dozens and dozens of urgent care centers okay. um, that were you know, work closely with emergency medicine because okay. there's there's a, a symbiotic relationship there. Okay. Um, so so so, really, so so you have you have the knowledge of both how the centers work, which helps. I mean, it's just it's a system sure. of sorts. You need to understand how it works. But exactly, and and that's the the challenging the, the that's why the the complexity of the system makes it so difficult uh, yeah. for people. A client of ours called one day and said he's calling his insurance company and they keep saying to go to this urgent care center and he can't find it. Well, the place closed two years earlier, yeah. right, which we knew. Um, and in fact, you know, he didn't need an urgent care. He needed to see a, 
orthopedics hand surgeon which right. we connected him to yeah um, so you know the complexity often makes it difficult for people to to get to to get the great healthcare and and that's and that's how we try to help them and 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 that's that's like a perfect example actually because if you have like a complex hand injury very important. I mean, we, we, one of the things I've kind of come to realize in my career is that if you have hand or feet, you know, injuries, the, 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 the kind of problems that that's going to cause for the rest of your life, if you don't really get the right care right away is, is it's, it's just so crucial. And, and, and also when it comes to, you know, I mean, hands are also one of those things that everybody sees, and so you need to probably have a plastics person involved and all that kind of stuff too. So, and most people have no idea of what they're even getting involved in. And, and even and if, and if they go to an, an urgent care, most of the people on staff there aren't going to really know, you know, exactly what the, what the procedure should be for the next, you know, two days or whatever it should be. Yeah. We, you know, right. So we're, we're based out of New York city. We work nationally. We had a client who had a child in New York city and, and had a bad burn yeah. And they went to urgent care and they went to an ER and they, then they called us and we said, you know, you're at the wrong ER because there's a burn center down yeah, the street yeah. where you need to go. So um, some of those things you can't expect um, ordinary people to know. Yeah. It's just sort of what we know in, in the healthcare system. You know, we know that there are two hospital bills, you know, and we know that there's a hospital bill and a physician bill. Um, we know that you know sometimes the anesthesiologist doesn't always take your insurance, so we have to check that ahead of time. Yeah. So there's sort of some of the sort of tricks of the trade that that we know that we can help people and, and advise them on. Yeah. And 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 so when with let's say for for your your kind of advisory business, what's the what's the process of of someone like you know how they. They, they have to sort of be like, someone can't just call you out of the blue and be like, I have an emergency, I heard about oh. you guys. I imagine you, this, this has to be something that there has to be some kind of a relationship and a process and yeah. an intake. And... Yeah, so that, that's right. So our, um, once we're contacted, we, we do a um, complimentary 20-minute um, discussion to see if it's the right fit for somebody. Yeah. And if somebody wants to um, start to work with us, then we do our initial assessment. Yeah. Where we look at who their physicians are, we look at their insurance, we look at what's happening medically, and then we give them a plan so that if, in fact, uh, something happens down the road, we will be in a position to help them manage what's going on, yeah. right? Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll know who they are, we'll know what's happening with them, we'll know their provider team uh, and able to support them. You know, we had a client call us a few months ago and her husband um, was choking and um, she was taking him to the ER. And when we had someone meet her there, we, um, we were able to be a, a second and guiding opinion yeah, yeah. during that time. Uh, but we also brought his medical records, got in touch with his treatment uh, team so that they knew that the, the ER team knew what was going on prior to that and so forth. So um, doing on the spot at in real time uh, coordination of care is something that's just been invaluable to to our clients. Yeah. So I imagine you have kind of a, a fairly specific type of person who tends to look for this kind of help. Who 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 are your like client base at this point? Um, many of our clients are, um, you know, a, aging between forties and seventies, and either um, have loved ones who are ill. Um, or children who are ill, uh, who we help. One of the things that we've um, discovered quickly is that 
as much of a benefit we are to the patient we're working with as to the family. Yeah. Because for them, it's an enormous amount of relief and um, support so that when they go to bed at night, they know that their loved one's getting the absolute best care. And and is there is is there a, um, any kind of model like this for people who don't have at the, the high income? I mean, I imagine that there could be like, I'm just trying to think of, of, of Elvita as an idea. I, I feel like, you know, because the way you and I started talking, it was like, there, there are, there are so many scenarios where it's, it's, it's sometimes it's a one-time thing, you know, it's, it's a, it's, you know, there's something very specific. It's very, it's very complicated to figure out how to address this. You need someone to kind of like help you navigate through that. And then for some people, I could imagine having someone who's just, who gets to know like a family's dynamic also maybe intergenerational sort of genetic things that are you know chronic through a family over time you would be able to sort of like understand oh this is actually a common thing in this family is is there i mean just in i i see the benefit of this as a model in general outside of the silo (laughs) i'm just trying to figure out how other ways in which you know what you're doing and what what i've been doing in terms of coordinating care could could be possible for the public at large. Yeah, it's it's um you know obviously we're we're big proponents of that, uh, just to to improve healthcare and health outcomes. Um, I, I think it's it's being done um, in different areas in a piecemeal way. So some insurance companies have caseworkers and have case managers yeah, to help. Right. And obviously, they're looking at it from an insurance medicine perspective. Well, and as a money-saving means, money for, means. For, for insurance companies. Right. And some hospitals are doing it to, to uh, also sometimes disease-specific foundations and so forth will yeah. do that, Parkinson's foundations and so forth. Okay. Um, but, but often it's, it's um, sort of from one perspective as opposed to really overseeing and, and – and helping the the patient's perspective on things. Yeah, because because I, I struggle with it a little bit, and my, my career is similar in the fact that people are having to pay out of pocket to see me, and that's you know the, I do pro bono work as well, but that's kind of the only way for me to kind of figure out how to you know survive with my career. <laughs> I'm not I'm not yeah. I'm not making the kind of money that that a lot of doctors are, but you know the 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 way to kind of like figure out how to how to make some of these kinds of services happen in a little bit broader way outside of the silos is something that i think we there's there's a whole there's a whole business that's i i mean the the holistic care business in general has started up outside of the silos because of the challenges within the silos so yeah. i and i feel like your what you're kind of getting into is the same thing and i feel like does do you think that maybe I'm, I'm just speculating here, but do you think that put starts to put pressure on these systems who need to sort sort of step up and address the the growing need for for this this kind of care? Because really, what you're doing is it's 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 closer to what people would expect from care. Yeah, from having this in person, you know, meeting with their doctors, which they don't always get. I think that um, those who are involved in healthcare, um, you know. Those involved in healthcare will they succumb to pressure um, to do this kind of work? They'll do that if it impacts one of the four domains that that mm-hmm. drives them. Yeah, right. And those domains are quality, um, cost, access, and and patient experience. Yeah, right. So if if they're seeing that those areas are impacted greatly by this kind of um, 
gap in the system, then they might want to, they might broach into the, into these areas. Yeah. And because, you know, the, the thing that's crazy to me is that for, for you and I, the, the, the other tenant in there that's, is, that's missing, like for us, reputation is, mm-hmm. is everything. Right. I, I mean, you know, and yet these, these silos don't have to deal with reputation as much. <laughs> it's right. like not even part of the right. equation for some reason. That's right. And to, you know, at, at what point does that start to become a factor if mm-hmm. they're not having successful, you know, outcomes with mm-hmm. people, you know, mm-hmm. and whereas, you know, someone like you, I mean, it's, 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 it, and and I, and I think a lot of it relates to you know part of that is the is the insurance you know challenge of of all of this right because again you're probably you know you you, you don't take any insurance for the kind of work that you do or, or does insurance cover anything that you do right insurance doesn't cover yeah. all work right so so you know it's it you're you're providing a kind of insurance that insurance doesn't provide <laughs> right we're providing an assurance yeah for yeah that that's right yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I, this is the thing that I'm kind of, you know, curious about in, in, in terms of where things could possibly go is if we if we don't have any kind of assurance from our insurance system, what what happens? You know, if, if we if 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 there's if there's if there's not a if and, and I think that if, if things start to tip at a certain point when insurance becomes so high and we don't we don't see a successful outcome. And people have a successful outcome paying whatever they pay to you. Why? Why? Why insurance? Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Un, un, unless it just and, and it's you know purely for um, catastrophic. Right. Well, cat- type right, stuff. Right. a hospital catastrophic stay can be yeah. several hundred thousand dollars. Right. Right. So it, it, in that regard, it, it would do that. Yeah. Um, but but you're absolutely right. And and I I, I I'm struggling to figure out. Even for myself, when I'm when I'm t- trying to figure out my insurance for my family, what makes the most what makes the most sense? I'm sure you have thoughts on this, but you know, it's, it's getting to a point where does it make sense for me to just have catastrophic care mm-hmm. versus having the ability mm-hmm. to see all these specialists and stuff when or or to fund an HSA and have you know excess dollars in case like what happened to me last year? I had a bike accident, went over my handlebars. <laughs> sprained my wrist pretty badly. Like, you know, these are, these are, you know, tough things to go through. I'm lucky that I know amazing people who can kind of help me through this process. But if you don't, and you know, for me, especially with my work to, to have problems with my, my hands and wrists is a pretty big deal. So, you know, I, I, if I didn't, if I wasn't in this field and I had something like this going on or my hands were big value to me and, and my, and you know, my ability to make money, I would probably consult someone who could actually help me through this process. And, and, and I'm not going to get that from my insurance. So I'm, I'm trying to figure out for, you know, this, just, and I'm, and I'm talking about this with, I have a lot of, you know, people that clients that come to see me who are having the same struggle with their insurance. Like what's the value here, right. you know, and what, how should I, how should I organize this? And they're, they're, they're looking for information. So I'm wondering if you have any thoughts on it. Yeah. <laughs> so I have a lot of thoughts on it. So, so we, we do, that kind of work for people to help them choose the right insurance plan. And we do oh, that in a, in a custom way, which is to look at what's happening medically, mm-hmm. um, what, what insurance they had in the past, what their needs are, who their physician treatment team is, what insurance options there are for them, what we recommend, and then help them understand what's in their plan. Yeah. Right, because if you've seen one insurance plan, you've seen one insurance plan. 
Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, like the rest of the healthcare system, unfortunately, it's it's complex. Yeah. You know, and we you know we have many clients who have chosen plans don't, that don't fit them. And when I say that, I mean they've chosen a plan for whatever reason, um, and the, someone could have a lot of complex medical needs, yet they their plan they chose has a very very limited network of physicians and hospitals where they can go for treatment. Yeah. So then they're they're really cornered um, into not a lot of options. Um, so, you know, and then, or someone else who has very little health needs will have a plan that's comprehensive and has all these things and, and so forth. So where there could be overpaying yeah. at, at some regard. So I think, you know, helping people walk through those decisions, but doing that in a structured and thoughtful way that is, um, involves the sort of our insights of uh, how the healthcare system works. And, and do you have like different kind? I, mean, I imagine most of the people who are coming to you probably have complex needs or are entering into a period of time. I, I mean, I, I would imagine that probably over 50. Yeah. I mean, so, is, is so that not I, necessarily yeah, the case? That's right. A handful of people who, um, who engage us for just insurance work oh, okay. are often yeah. having a challenge. So we have a client who has cancer and her doctor um, where she ha- where a doctor who she's being treated from who accepts her insurance is leaving and going to another hospital okay. where he doesn't accept that insurance. And she has been with that doctor for many years and is very committed to him. So now we have the problem of, do you change doctors? Right. You can't change insurances right now, but can you petition the insurance? Mm-hmm. And then what about your cost of your treatments and your medications um, and so forth or in, in hosp- inpatient hospital stay? Um, so situations like that where how to best utilize your insurance based on what's happening treatment-wise um, is, is an area that people uh, often need help with. That's a huge need, I feel like, yeah. And yeah. And, and, and for just just in terms of just trying to kind of get a sense of like for let's let's say, you know, someone I, – I'm, I'm, my guess is that people come to you because they have something very specific – that they know is going to be a challenge to them, right? When they when they first start working with you, I I, I doubt you get too many people who are like, got no problems right now, <laughs> just thinking down down the road. But I, are, are there like different? I mean, I, but but that would be a benefit to you to actually start with them before they have complications. Well, that's so right. Do, do you have different plans for like where yeah. someone starts with you? And we, yeah, we do, and and you know we do have a, a handful of clients who actually are that that latter example who don't have a lot of um, medical problems now, but want us there if something happens. Okay. Right. And for them, you know, we get to know them, we develop a plan for them and we're there as assurance for them mm-hmm. um, and so forth. And um, for, you know, they also know that if something happens to them medically, instead of their children or their spouses having the burden to care for them, um, we do a lot of that and are able to um, support what, what, what happened to them. You know, and yes, and there's a handful of our, our other clients, of course, who are of chronic illness, heart disease, diabetes, cancers, right, right. and so forth, n- neurological problems, um, where we're able to um, have a little bit more active and a little bit more involved 
uh, healthcare advisory. And, and is there a different fee structure then for where, you know, I, I imagine it's just a matter of how much time you feel like you're probably going to have to devote to the... Exactly. Thing. Right. Yeah. Right. That's, yeah. that's exactly right. So do, are, are there any things that just from all of your experience that you've, you've kind of gotten to be more of a specialist in, in terms of like that kind of care management? Yeah. Um, Obviously, a lot of a lot of chronic illness, uh, cancer, heart disease, diabetes. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of neurological mm-hmm. um, challenges and illnesses that that people have. Um, we you know we also do very well with rare things where you know can't find a doctor, has treatment resistant depression, or can't figure out why they have uh, other illnesses and so forth. And um, us helping them go through a, a process. Um, that uses our experience and relationships to help get them to the right um, doctors, and then make the most out of that those uh, th- that experience with, with, with their new physician team. Do 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 doctors like when you're involved? Mm. We get that asked a lot, and um, want, doctors enjoy what we do because they see us as partnering with them. So one of the core tenets of, of Better Health Advisors, in addition to custom healthcare advisory, is that we partner with the healthcare system. We're not there to be adversarial with physicians in the treatment team and hospitals and such. And so, so what that looks like sometimes is one of our uh, advisors could be in, in a doctor's visit with a client and the doctor is saying, well, maybe you'll do this PT or that OT and, and, and the advisor will say, oh, I know what the insurance covers. Mm. Would that be helpful to know that? They'll say, yeah. oh, the doctor says, oh, that's great. Um, or or at, before a visit, a doctor could call one of our advisors as they often do and say, make sure when Jim comes back um, next Tuesday, we take his blood pressure ahead of time so that I can get some data on how that works. Yeah. Um, so that's beneficial. And and the other piece is that um, one of the challenges of the healthcare system is that often people don't know what setting to be treated in. Do I go to Urgicare mm. or do I go see an ophthalmologist, an optometrist, or so forth? Yeah. And if we can help advise people to get them into the right treatment setting, we're doing physicians a favor because yeah. we're bringing them the right kind of patients for the kind of work well, that they do. That's, and that's one of the things that I think you and I talked about early on uh, is that I, I felt like one of the one of the biggest challenges, and, and, I, and I hear this from other other friends of mine in healthcare, is that it's it's really about that match trying to trying to get the the the, the right people together. And, and it's not it's sometimes it's it's just about the right specialty. But I think sometimes too, like you you develop an instinct over time of like this is a very challenging situation or this is even a very like emotionally charged situation this this doctor probably wouldn't handle this as well as yeah. this person would right yeah. you kind of you start to develop a sense of of those kinds of things and it's a, and there's no real algorithm that you can do online that makes this happen very easily you almost need this human part of the equation yeah that's right and so that's why you know we are um we are not high tech we don't use um you know the internet to figure out the right doctors. Um, you know what we do is is personal and hands on. So we have three clients right now, all who have very similar back problems, and two of them um, started getting treatment for for their back um, on their own. And in that course of treatment, 
they saw um, neurosurgeons, they saw spine uh, orthopedic surgeons, they saw sports medicine doctors, they saw PTs. And each visit is a different day off work, a different MRI, is a different bill, is a different opinion. And they're stuck. And and, and by the way, each of those, um, going to see each of those disciplines for that problem makes sense because there's data that would suggest that each of them treated very well. So the other client who came to us with this problem, we sent him to a program that had all those disciplines under the same umbrella. Mm. And he had one visit, right, by each of those disciplines who evaluated him and together came up with a course of treatment and a plan. Yeah. And that's, that's more efficient. Um, that involves multiple perspectives on treatment. And that gave him a better result than, than having sort of the inefficiencies and the challenges um, around sort of um, other models of, of how to get treated. So, th- so th- that, those are some of the benefits that we do if, if, um, if you're really doing custom uh, work, work with people. And do, do you have to help them? I, I imagine when, there's, when you're working across disciplines of care or different, you know, different specialties of care, do you do you help them with the billing? All of, in, any of that part of the process? Yeah, we we often help with um, with billing. You know, some of the help with billing is if we get per- the person to the right treatment and the insurance covers it, and we get that clarified ahead of time and do it the right way, that makes billing a lot easier. Yeah. Um, but yes, often we'll have very clinically complex patients in the yeah. hospital for for days and weeks with long, extensive bills. And and we would certainly do a reconciliation of that, mm. um, and to to uh, to go through that. I mean, even just sometimes I feel like getting, you know, you you might even be in the same in the same hospital or in the same, you know, uh, system or something, and each person each each person that they each doctor or each health specialist that that you see within that within that system is billed out in, in separate ways or, you know, some of them take the insurance and you, it's sort of confusing when you go through that. Do you, do you have all that figured out ahead of time or do you have to reconcile a lot of this after the fact when, when people go through that? Just because sometimes it's just a matter of speed. Like, you know, there's a, there's a critical moment in there and you're right. just trying to make it happen. Right. Well, some of that's both. Yeah. So there's time when we can figure it out ahead of time, we do. Um, but then afterward you have to go through the reconciliation process and to do that, and it takes it takes experience. It takes someone who's who's gone through that a lot and has understood sort of how how bills work and and so forth. Yeah. Uh, so from from my my perspective, I'm just kind of curious, having been in integrative health, holistic care, or whatever you want to call us at this point, <laughs> is there any of that that's part of this system? Is that something that you you see being recommended, or is it being sort of is it just being built into clinics that you're working with now, or how? What, what's 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 happening with that? I think it depends on the um, the, the the choice of of a patient uh, if they're interested in in having um, integrative medicine, holistic approach. Um, then you know, there's lots of opportunities. Um, and is that something that's sort of discussed uh, ahead of time? Like you you. Yeah. So as we talk with. Um, with with our patients about their treatment choices and mm-hmm. how, and their perspectives, um, you know we, we we have a broad and inclusive conversation. Um, so often it it becomes a part of that. And you know if if that if that involves 
acupuncture or if that involves massage or tai chi yeah. or sort of how that sort of comes up as as part of uh, options for that right so we have a client who <coughs> has parkinson's and several of our clients have yeah, parkinson's yeah, yeah. and <clears throat> he's found great relief actually through through tai chi another parkinson's client actually does boxing mm-hmm. boxing and dance for parkinson's and so forth so yeah. so i think you know for us <clears throat> coming up with um, creative solutions that help people, um, whatever it is, is, is what we try to do. And often it comes, um, many times it comes to integrative and, and taking a holistic approach. And, and sometimes, I mean, cause one of, one of the curiosities I have is, is that I, I think the, the belief system of the person, you know, that you're working with is something that too often doesn't get engaged bec- and, and, you know, because we know to some extent, placebo has a benefit and and if it works it works it doesn't really matter if this person believes that tai chi works for them and makes them feel better and i've worked with parkinson's a lot in movement of any sort if they can find the right kind of movement that doesn't hurt and is is you know getting circulation going and they feel better it, it doesn't matter what it is it's just a matter of trying to find those those things for them but it, it takes the listening part at the mm-hmm. beginning to really, to really get what this, what you think this person is going to. So, so do you, is do you feel like the, the the probing at the beginning is a big part of their their care? Really? Yeah, I, I think the the listening is a big part of their care. Yeah, right. I I, I mean, you know, listening is, listening is gone. Yeah. Right. I mean, doctors' visits, and <clears throat> it's not because doctors aren't good or do- medicine. It's just the way medicine works. Right, we have twenty minutes for a visit in a primary care if you're lucky, and physicians have to do these eight or nine things and twelve, fifteen things, and they have to document during that time, and yeah, yeah. you know, and they get a phone call and so forth. So there, there is, you know, how much time is there for those things, right? You know, we know that when doctors talk to patients about smoking or about safe sex or whatever, it often changes behavior, but. You know, trying to you know get to those conversations is is the challenge, and um, because of it's hard for them to be educators while they're trying to get right. information. And... Right, absolutely. So we're able to to educate, and we're able to um, dig deeper and spend more time and ask questions and and go through answers in more depth and so forth. Yeah. Do you do you um do you, do you have anything at this point that you feel like you guys still want to get into as far as this, this advisory type of work that you haven't been able to kind of reach yet? Um, so, so you know, we, we have partnerships with um, uh, a financial firm. Well, one is Lion Street. They're based out of Austin. And, um, you know, that has been um, very, a very wonderful relationship. And so we're doing some work um, with, with their financial firms, um, and, and growing that aspect of it is something that we will look to continue to do. And, and, and in what way, what, what, how, and what, how does that benefit what you, what you've been doing? So, so that's a, um, sort of a, a cohort of clients who would need our services. So often, um, someone walks into a, a financial advisor's office and starts talking about their, their planning and oh, long-term gotcha. care and so gotcha. forth. And they say, well, you know, I have to leave early for a doctor's visit or, you know, GFI, you know, we do need a nursing home. Where do we go? And, and sort of, um, so when we're creating plans around wealth advisory and finance, it's often an opportunity to create plans for, for health as well. And because there's the potential for someone who 
has the means to to pay for your services to also potentially save money on the amount of money they're spending on their care on their own health care is that is that part of it as well or it, you know it, it happens um, very frequently that um, you know we the work that we will do through intervening will help people save money so we had a client who was hospitalized and post hospitalization needed to go to a nursing home and um, because of what he was hospitalized for, most nursing homes in the district uh, where he lived would not take him. Mm-hmm. Um, so he had a very hard time finding a nursing home. So he just paid for the local one and, and spent $30,000 in the course of three and a half weeks yeah. at a nursing home because he had nowhere to go and needed, yeah. needed the rehab for his, for his um, orthopedic condition. Um, and we petitioned his insurance company and won. We won successfully, and then he will get a check back for that money that he spent for that. So they, the, the insurance company is now considering um, his um, nursing facility to be in-network um, because of what happened medically. And, and that isn't something that he would have done on his own. Right. And but it just begs back to the thing I was talking about earlier. Like, why is this not involved in the in the insurance system in the first place? I feel yeah. like this 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 would actually save insurance companies money, yeah. and you know it's it's it, it could easily. And I'm I'm sure there are aspects of it that cross over what you do. I'm sure there are people, but but that they're not necessarily looking out for the individual who is who was having the, the, the care crisis, <laughs> you know that's what right. I mean? That's right. And that's, that seems like the challenge. That's exactly right. That, that it's going to continue to go on. Has, has there, has anything changed since I, I know there's been some changes in insurance with preexisting conditions has, has what, what's since, since some of the policy that was going on, I see that there, there's a potential for that being reversed with the, the uh, uh, Obamacare, but is how how did that impact? Because that's been during the time that you've been doing this. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so so, you know, there there are very many very positive things that came out of Obamacare, and there's also challenges. Yeah. Um, for 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 patients uh, around that, and um, some of the challenges are the complexity of choosing plans. Okay. Right. How do I know which hand to choose? Which yeah. is which? Doesn't make sense. How's it listed? What are the dates? All those things are very difficult to do. And um, having the wrong insurance greatly impacts your health um, if you need to utilize a healthcare system. Does, do you feel like that's different than, say, like, you know, where you work for a, a, a corporation that has, you know, multiple tiers of, you know, policy? Is it, is it, is it different than that? I, I think it's more challenging. You work yeah. for a corporation and HR calls you in November and says, you know, we have three health insurance plans. There's a seminar tomorrow at three o'clock where they'll go through the plans and you can sit with somebody at 430 and go through what's the best plan for you. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, that's what happens most of the time. And, and for people who, you know, artists and people who work for themselves and um, people who are self-employed go to the internet and they go to the marketplace and there's yeah. hundreds of plans and yeah. you know some have dental and how does it work and some have peds and what's a family plan and mm-hmm. how's health plus first different than health plus second and and the intricacies <laughs> of the plans and um, you know so part of the work we do when we help people with this is off also about um, finding which doctors are on the plans because um, we had a client, she was a plan, and she thought her doctor was on, but her doctor wasn't on. It was a different plan under that same 
carry on. Yeah, gotcha. Because it's very complex. Yeah, yeah. Um, so so it, it's a very difficult thing to do, and um, you know that that that's what's that's one of the reasons what's made it hard. Uh, you know, Medicare by, by comparison is much easier, right? Because it's there are, there aren't as many options. Do Do you see any? Any any shifting about to happen in terms of insurance? Do you, is there anything that you can kind of see happening? My my concern um, from an insurance perspective is that if if we since they lift the mandate on uh, requiring people to have insurance, right. Then from an insurance perspective, um, often people who are healthy will opt out, right? Which will then um, give them a larger cohort of people who are sick. And if you have a larger cohort of sick people and with that, within that insurance model, then you often increase the price. Right. Gotcha. right? I, I, it's, it's comparable to having a car insurance company, but only insuring drunk drivers and teenagers. <laughs> right. Exactly. Right? And then saying, well, why are your premiums a thousand dollars a month? Yeah. Right. You don't have the 40 year olds who have never had an accident yeah. in your cohort. Yeah. So, um, and so that that's and, and our healthcare system insurance wise is like that to begin with, right? Right. So national health insurance, federal health insurance through Medicare, and through Medicaid, right, covers elderly and poor people. Right. So that's the same thing as having a car insurance company for for people who are, you know, um, you know, um, drunk drivers and uh, you know and teenagers. It's it's, it's and compounding it's, it's that highest. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's the highest, um, likelihood of having problems. Yeah. And, and then compounding that these, these healthy people could have something happen tomorrow and how, you know, they, not only will they t- take on personal stuff, but in some way the system is also going to have to pick up the slack for whatever is right. ha- happened in this person's livelihood. That's because right. if the, if it's, if it's something that's, you know, a, a bigger thing, which could happen because of a car accident and any right. any kind of accident, right. that, then that's also part of it. So I mean, right. I, I, I mean, I see I see the challenge there. Yeah, and it, but it's in and there's a I think once you start this idea or you know this this way of doing things, the all the other models are basically in competition with whatever model is sort of drawing the biggest crowd, yeah. right? Yeah, that's right. And so now everyone's you know going to say well then and and i think that's part of the reason why the discussion of dropping pre-existing condition from all this stuff is mm-hmm. in in the mix again because it's like well there's there's one way that we can all kind of get back on level playing ground again. right right and and there's a lot of great great fear yeah um with consumers about uh, dropping that because it would be um it would be devastating to to a lot of people with a lot of chronic illness right mm-hmm. and 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 I imagine that's probably not as as big of a, a deal for for your business, but for it, but it, but it could be. Well, it could be. So the ripple effects of that could be right. very significant, right? Where somebody has a preexisting condition, can't get insurance, and then you know the, the doctors they were seeing for the last ten years for diabetes, for cancer, for heart disease, yeah. um, they, they can't see anymore. Yeah. Right. So then, what do we do? Right. Um, so that's when we come in to try to help people. Yeah. Well, this is this is really interesting. I mean, I feel like I, I, I wanted to. I, I'm I'm exploring this as as part of, you know, looking for solutions. And 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 I I feel like there's there's something really important about what's going on with advisory in in health and and this this ability to sort of coordinate all of this because people come to me a lot of times and say, I have to be my own advocate, and and I and I, and and so many times I'm I'm thinking, you don't have the 
you don't have the background. You're not going to get this kind of information. For, you can do as much research as you as as you want. I've been in this, this field for 20 years, and I struggle. You know, like yeah, you you need someone who kind of can see from a from a bigger perspective all these all these different pieces. And and it's and I feel like there's there's a growing need for this. I'd like to see more people doing this kind of work. Obviously, you know, the 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 people who can who can afford this are getting this kind of care. But I feel like the, this this could be something that's almost a model for for people who are just interested in like having some kind of you know advisory or management for their their whole family in, in general and, and that it could be that it could be done in a way where people have the the ability to sort of tap in and get information about this or be able to sort of like meet with someone like you for a one time just need to I, I really I, I know I'm spending way too much on insurance how can I deal with this mm-hmm. that kind of mm-hmm. stuff well, the you know the the need is there. There's there's a crying unmet need. Yeah. For people, and that's what I hear over and over again. Yeah. Well, thank you for doing yeah. this. Thanks, thanks thank for taking you. the time for doing doing this. And uh, your your website, if people are looking for information and resource, is, is betterhealthadvisors.com. Betterhealthadvisors.com. All right. Thank thanks. you so much. Thank you. John Samuels, folks. Clearly a very dedicated guy, loves the service that he provides. And I think he makes a pretty strong case for health advisory. One of my reasons for starting this podcast is because as an integrative health specialist, outside of the insurance-based system, I am by and large treating people and only people who can afford my services. I do engage in pro bono work and I'm connected to specific groups that I know can afford my care but need it. And I wanted this podcast to be sort of an extension of that. I, I, wanted, I wanted to provide resource beyond the Google search through these thoughtful conversations with people out there in the world trying to solve problems, looking to improve the health and livelihood of people and communities and the planet. And as I said in our conversation, I think much of what Better Health Advisors provides as service, if implemented on a broader scale, would create improved health outcomes with this kind of advisory. It's unfortunate that it's not covered uh, as a service in our health system, and so I can't help but ask, what if? And that being said, I'm one of those people who probably can't even afford this kind of service, and in fact, I, through, I've gone through much of my career not even, be able to, not even being able to afford the services similar to mine. Uh, if, if I was in a crisis, though, and, or had a family member with serious health challenge, I would consider this kind of advisory because of the amount of money that that oftentimes gets put out for care, uh, with with long stays, could easily save you money and possibly save a life. Thanks to John for taking the time to meet with me for this conversation. Let me know what you thought of this topic and conversation. You can email me as always, Jeremy at Highway to Health Thanks for listening. Be good to yourself. Be kind to each other, and take care of your planet. Be well, my friends.